Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Watch film stars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. And this is episode 94. 94 Star Wars in a Galaxy. Second episode of season 12 of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Jacob and I watched the third and fourth episode of Star Wars Droids. The Trigon Unleashed and a race to the finish. We are cruising on ahead with droids, and I'm super excited to get into it. But first, Jacob, should we do our summaries? Yeah, can I do Can I do Trigon Unleashed? Sure. I was going to say I'll do Race to the Finish, All right. yeah. All right, great. So, in the Trigon Unleashed, Thal Jobin and R2-D2 go to rescue their friends, leaving Kiamol and C-3PO behind at the speeder shop on Ingo. But from gang- gangsters attack the speeder shop. Thal comes back to rescue them, but they're all led into a trap and captured. Thal insists that insists on only telling where he and R2 hid the Trigon satellite to gang leader Size from himself. So they're taken to the From hideout on Anu, where Jord Dusat and Demamol, who is yeah, Demamol, are already being held. They escape together and they they narrowly make it out of the From base before the uh, the Trigon one, which had been sabotaged by Thal, uh, flies into the base, destroying both the Trigon and the From hideout. Absolutely. And in a race to the finish, the the crew, including Thal and Jord, land on the planet of Bunta. And they, after a rough landing, they, they're greeted by an old droid named Proto-1, who tells them that they, they were abandoned by a, their previous master. Meanwhile, we see that we see the From Gangs touch down on, on the planet Bunta, and Size From reveals he's hired a bounty hunter to go after and Jord and the droids. And that bounty hunter is revealed to be Boba Fett himself. C-3PO meets this droid named BL-17, who he becomes fast friends with and maybe even with something a little bit more. And BL-17 unwittingly pits him against Proto-1, and it is revealed that BL-17 is working for Boba Fett and ensnared C-3PO to, to get him out of the way to get to Thal and Jor to try and, um, anyway, so, so Thal signs up for a speeder bike racing on the Boonta. You could call it the Boonta Eve Classic. I don't know, something like let's, that. Let's call it that. Let's call, call it that. that. Will does he know that, that, what, that once he could finishes the lap of the, all the laps, Size From and Boba Fett have put a detonator on his speeder, so it will blow up and kill him. Luckily, he figures it out and manages to attach the, manages to get the, the detonator onto Boba Fett's speeder, and it blows up, though not killing the bounty hunter. They try to hunt him. The Vrom gang try to confront them, but Boba Fett is tired of their nonsense and turns them all over to Jabba the Hutt. Meanwhile, Fall and Jord get a job, but they can't take the droids with them if they want the job. So C-3PO and R2 make the selfless decision to jettison themselves into an escape pod so that their friends can get the job. All right. Where we want to start with the Trigon Unleashed. And this was an interesting episode. Yeah, it is. I it's, think... It's, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I, I, no, I just... I, 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 I think this episode is very interesting. Yeah, I'm not the hugest fan of it it very much feels the show kind of feels still at this point kind of like a collection of of oddities i would say it doesn't really to me it doesn't feel like it's really found that hadn't really found its footing by this episode i would say but i mean i was most i I was most kind of interested in 
the, the all the little odds and ends in this episode as in as in many of these episodes you know like r2d2 has a favorite tv show that's other that's R2-D2. what i t- i took like a note of that too it's r2 is a, a favorite tv show that's fantastic that's canon to me now yeah like um it's like the little things like that i think really kind of make this make this episode and make this make the show what it is and it's just it's just so interesting to see you know before everything that they did before some of the the rules i guess you could say of star wars before the world building was quite so solidified and and expansive as it is today so that that was kind of the most interesting thing to me yeah absolutely it it, it there's there's a lot, a lot of interesting stuff in this episode i got to say let's talk i, I want to talk about size and take from i want to talk right. about them because the daddy issues are strong with this arc oh um, gosh size be star wars never daddy issues never yeah but but <laughs> even for star wars these daddy issues are intense oh yeah size never feels like tig is measuring up to him he always feels like he's a failure except for that one brief moment where where he where tig thinks he's managing to get the trigon back to them and then that fades yeah. away as soon as he fails and you know it, it, it's just so interesting to me that they, they have this incredibly confrontational relationship. Like, I wish you weren't my son, I believe, was a lot. Like, of all the sons in the galaxy, how did I manage to get you? Like, that's harsh even for Star Wars. That's like, like, there's yeah. some real bad blood going on there. And, you know, they're going to be now taken to jail because of, in part, I'm sure Size will think because of Tig's incompetence with getting the Trigon back in, with trying to get the Trigon back in our race to the finish. But, you know, it's just so interesting to me that, like, yeah, what I mean, gives with size? What, like, he has to, like, is this guy just does this guy? Does this guy have as have absolutely no love for his son? I mean, I don't know. You, it's all played. For, it's played for laughs, but but like, there's a heavy shit. This is heavy shit. Like, it really is. Yeah. Star Wars, you know the 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 mommy issues the daddy issues like star wars has got that all in spades you know the the parent child the, the troubled parent child relationship is something that star wars has explored i mean countless times in various various different permutations and, and yeah. angles but this seems oddly so, one-sided yeah it does i think i mean i think you have a situation it's almost like you know who you know who tig really reminds me of he reminds me of um, I'm blanking on his name. Kind of the you know, the wannabe gangster who takes over Sid's tavern. Roland Durand. Season one. He reminds me of Roland Durand a lot. Yeah. Like he really well, needs that. He really needs that approval. Yeah, absolutely. And but and he's not King really is cut incompetent, out for... no doubt about it. But we don't know about Roland's relationship with his father. I mean, we kind of know. I, we I guess know we that, don't know. We know that Roland yeah. got in on his father's name, but we don't yeah. know like if that was a. I need my family to continue on or like like I, I we don't know if that was a business decision or a business and a personal decision. That that's a fair point, but I think I think there are similar there are there are similarities between yeah. them and kind of this idea this idea of in I guess in some way or another the we have these sons wanting to go into a certain profession a criminal profession or criminal profession um, like both in the crime industry yeah because they they think that they they want to um 
because that's what they've been steeped in. But because really they want to be like their dad. And they'd really be better off. Like, that's clearly not where their passions lie, you know? Or like it's not even about their passions. It's just they're not very good at it. That Yeah, they're they're not good at it. Yeah. They're just they incompetent. Really... Yeah. I was just going to say, it's it's really interesting. This The the, the father-son relationship is, is just really interesting. And it puts this heavy, like, like again, we were saying this with, with, with Michael McCoy last episode. I didn't expect this to have that many heavy themes. Yeah. Like, it, like, like at the beginning, I thought like, oh, we'd have to use throwaway lines of dialogue to insinuate how droids are treated in the galaxy, and we have to do some of that. But there is a lot more. Like, like, like Star Wars has always been about telling these real interpersonal stories, no matter how goofy, no matter how silly. This is an '80s cartoon, and it still has them. Not as many as something, say, like I don't know, Andor, or even something like The Mandalorian, but. This has its the like this it 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 pulls its punches as a Star Wars story. It absolutely does. Yeah, I think a lot of it is kind of yeah, it, it's framed in a very you know ha ha, all in good fun, good fun manner. But it it does deal with a lot of things that other Star Wars shows have taken much more seriously, which I I find interesting. Um, it it's it's cool to see how. What is it? Is it is it prophetical? Maybe of this show to to see all the similarities back when when they were just kind of we were figuring out what Star Wars you wanted to be outside of outside of those of those first three movies. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's yeah. it's an interesting question. I'm not really I'm not really sure. I'm not really also. Sure. Th- this is the other thing, and and this is interesting, and th- this is my only big question, logistical question with this arc, which is that. We see that, and we and we hear that the Trigon one is Death Star capacity. Yeah, it can destroy a planet at full capacity. Why didn't the Empire know about this? Yeah, there is a bit of a. <laughs> and a and don't of... tell me that the Empire isn't in this arc because we see. There's an admiral, an imperial admiral, or an imperial officer, or something like captain, or what's his rank in the next episode? Admiral, 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 Screed. admiral, admiral Screed. 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 He's at the Boonta race. Yeah. So they're there. They just, you know, conveniently didn't know about, you know, a super weapon that's like eerily similar to one that they're designing right now. Yeah. Or Interesting. The that, that the empire with with all the empires massive economical and military power with the giant industrial complex at their command they it took them 20 years almost 20 years and the size of a moon to do it and some random gangster family made one made like a planet killer what can't be more than a couple can't be more than a few hundred yards in any direction yeah. that is measure. that is also a good that is kind of that's yeah. just kind of the, the trigon one is a really weird thing but I, I what i really love about the trigon one is hear me out okay the trigon one is the droids version of the malevolence how so well think about how that? they destroy it and by it i mean both of them oh no, they do right, the yeah. exact same thing they use the weapon against each it, it, itself oh yeah yeah, they crash it. They crash the malevolence into the moon. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, this is that's that's why I'm calling like this is I feel like this is a mix of a lot of criminal stuff we've seen in like Boba Fett and Bad Batch, but like story beat wise, I feel like this is very similar to the malevolence. And I also what was I gonna say? Yeah, I, I just there there's a line at the end where it says, You let evil destroy itself, which is like yeah. a damn good line. Another banger. It's right up a there with a what banger. is say? Freedom is everyone's fight. Freedom is everyone's okay. fight from last episode. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah man banger banger line they need to it, someone some some show needs to drop a reference to that line oh 100 one of these things another thing that's interesting to me is c-3po is portrayed so differently i feel in this show compared to anywhere else in star wars i think he has he's given so much more agency just from the fact that he's physically much more spry and agile like we see that scene i can't remember which episode it is now sorry we see the scene where he, he he body slams another droid you know he tricks the the from guard in this episode when he's, yeah. he's in prison with the he says like oh i hope they don't find out about the jewels oh yeah that was fantastic and, and, using 3po's talkativeness against the that's fantastic yeah like nowhere else in star wars does c3po really have this much moxie I guess you could say. Yeah, no, he's 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 a baller in this. He is an absolute baller, <laughs> no doubt about it. it he, it's kind he... of, yeah, it's interesting that they took some creative license. I think with his his movements and what he can do, and I'm, it, I, I don't, it's just, I don't know. It's something I was, it's something I was thinking about. Do you have any thoughts about that? Which I think is... it's I think it's interesting. I mean, again, three PO and R two are interesting characters to center thing center this show around we saw this with the clone wars we saw this with those two droid episodes is and it's the question of how because c3po no offense to him i love him so much but he's a passive character he doesn't exactly do much a lot of the time yeah r2 can be extremely active but you don't want R2 to be so active that he fixes everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So it's striking that balance between how, you know, how, like, because the idea of, of Lucas originally in uh, New Hope is to have R2 and 3PO as the two fools wandering through the desert. So yeah. how smart do you make them? How active do you make them? I think they strike an interesting balance in the show and they make 3PO a bit more active than I would have made him, which is definitely an interesting decision that, again, I wouldn't have made, but I, I think works well. R2 is pretty active. I like R R2 is exactly where I'd expect him to be, but 3PO has a bit more agency than I than I than I thought he was going to. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And 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 it's interesting, but I I think it's I think it's done in such a way that it like you know, it it never feels like they're like it always feels like they're in danger. Like it, it's never like the only thing I know that's keeping them alive is their plot armor, and not like oh, they're just too good for this. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're never like, they're never too dominant. They're like too dominant. Boba Fett feels like a genuine threat. He, the Frong Gang at times, maybe less so towards the end because they've just beaten them over and over again. But the Frong Gang feels like a genuine threat. I, d I disagree, um, honestly. But at least by the time this arc is kind of over, I'm I'm kind of like, really? 
really frond gang are we, are we yeah. still on this I mean, they're a bit is cartoonish just, this know. is a cartoon yeah but, I mean, it's, yeah. it's to be expected you know with the we have to consider like the size the, size from is, is very very mustache twirling oh yeah but i kind of like it he's not nowhere near as mustache twirling as the uh, the episode five and six i can't even remember can't even remember their names but that was just, uh, we'll get to that in the next yeah. episode that was just um, ridiculous but but yeah I, I i really quite do you have anything else about the um this episode the trigon unleashed not really actually i'll say this about both episodes actually i've been meaning to say this for quite a while but i just need to do a rant about something okay okay stepping softly in a danger zone mm. Why is no weapon not on in my hand. Just this brain designed by man's got me in trouble again. Trouble again. I put my life in jeopardy. In the service of my friends. I wouldn't care, but it's a dangerous affair i'm in trouble again trouble again in trouble in trouble in trouble again thank you eli for that beautiful thank musical you. rendition thank you i, I yes, i'm I obsessed still... with this song i'm obsessed with this song the first time i heard it i'm like this is nice second time i'm like i'm into this third time i'm like this song's so fucking good and the fourth time I literally wrote out all the song lyrics in my in my in nice. my notes. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just so not, obsessed with the song. I'm still not used to I'm still not used to having a Star Wars show with a with a with a theme song, with a real theme with a, song. With a, with a lyrical theme with a lyrical song and everything. It's incredibly strange. Yeah. It's a uh, good I song. Will, it's a it, it's a damn good song. It's written by Stuart Copeland Police. Of course it's a good song. Yeah. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I found this other uh version. I want to take a I want you to take a look at this this version. It's called it's by a band called the Cybertronic Spree. And it's people in robot costumes doing the droids theme song. Uh oh. <laughs> Just, just hear me out on this, okay? All right, I'll, I'll hear you out. I'll hear you out. It's ridiculous. You can see this, right? Yes. Can you hear it? Can you turn it up a little bit? Okay, don't the don't the Cybertronic Spree the band? Don't they look like enemies they would have faced down in droids? Oh yeah, absolutely. Of the Evil era. Droid Corporation or something like 80s, that. Hundred percent. Yeah. Evil. <laughs> I'm gonna post that in the description of this episode because it's too funny not to. Honestly, yeah, it's great. 
It's is great. Shout out the Cybertronics free. Excellent. Cybertronics free. The goats. But yeah, I fucking love this song. And I get hyped every time I hear it. I said something very controversial with a bunch of group chat with a bunch of my friends the other day, which is that which is that I think the droids theme song is the best Star Wars song tied only by Duel of the Fates, Binary Sunset, The Imperial March, and The Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I'm going to have to take a hard pass on that one. I understand. We might have to end the episode right here. Goodbye, everybody. Nope. It's it's been fun. <laughs> no, I under I understand that's a very hot no. take, and I, I I will I will stand by it. But it's just so fucking goofy, and I love it. I love it to pieces. I get yeah. It, it it's honestly I I I would honestly tell you maybe like it's probably my favorite part of the third episode. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> which is something it, about the quality of the third episode, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much nails the uh. It pretty much nails the whole shtick of the show. Absolutely. Is, oh, here's R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yeah. What wacky scenario will they escape this week? Yeah. Oh, no. Although, What's again, gonna be? we discussed this last week, and, and this this seems very, like, like because we've watched, we're recording our episodes 94 and 95 of In a Galaxy at the same, on the same day, for context. So we've watched five and six. But my point is, this show works in arcs. These are four episode arcs. And you can't convince me otherwise. Because the, 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 the From Gang arc is one through four. You know, we're going to get with five and six starts the next arc, which is which I'm calling the Tamuzan arc. And if you look, how many episodes are there of are there of droids? Actually, let me see how many episodes. Yeah, I think that I think that the last six episodes from Kobe and the Scar Hunt, Star Hunters to the Frozen Citadel, I think will be the last arc. So I don't think it's going to be a four episode. I think it's going to be a six episode. But this is way more serialized than I thought it was going to be. It's just way more serialized than I thought it was going to be. Me too. Me too. For the kind of show that it that it was billed as when I was kind of doing some initial research on it, I am surprised by how how strong the, the plot is. And it takes itself seriously. It, it really seriously. isn't just flavor of the week. Yeah. It, it takes itself incredibly seriously, even if it is goofy. It's incredibly goofy wanna by get standards. To, do you, do you, do you want to go to a race to the finish? Oh, yeah, sure. So first one I wanted to, to, to talk about was was the Boonta Eve classic, or specifically oh, yeah. the planet Bo- They mentioned, by the way, they had a speeder race on Boonta, and this episode was in, wait, give me a second. This episode was, this episode was, was, was released the, in late 1985, okay? Keep that in mind for a second. Yeah. This episode was released in late 1985, okay? First draft of The Phantom Menace, Lucas started writing it, late 1994 around nine years later it did the pod race on buta but nine years before the pod race wow i mean that's freaking incredible when you say it like that nine years really doesn't seem like enough time like it really that's what so it's what 15 years between when the menace of it did actually make its way into the world but even so that's just that's a long 15 years to go from that, this to the Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah, but like, totally it's, it's just incredible to me that, they, that, that basically this is the same thing as the Phantom Menace, except for a little bit more dangerous. Oh, where have we seen that recently? Yeah. Riot racing anybody? The Bad <laughs> Batch faster? Yeah, I mean, like Star Wars yeah. always loves to recycle itself. 
you know yeah but specifically the racing tropes we talked about this with michael last week of course we did um, yeah i think michael i think michael said something like star wars is a is a flat circle or something like that something to that effect no Um, i I was just saying about like watching this episode i really think he's right i was just saying like specifically like its fascination with racing oh yeah oh yeah we talked Uh, we talked about that a lot yeah absolutely yeah Um, and i'm it's just it's just very it's just very cool to see the interesting with stuff with with fast cars yeah this was some i have to say this the whole bunta thing this was some there's some pretty scrumptious scrumptious world building in this uh, in this episode i had a lot of fun i had a lot of fun with the the bunta scenes personally yeah absolutely this this is just a blast episode a blast of an episode i think this is my favorite episode of of all six actually that i think oh i think yeah i think this is easily easily the yeah easily the best of of the ones that we've yeah. of, that we've seen so far or at least my favorite yeah. i think the the whole boba fett, boba fett the boba reveal fett, but... the boba fett reveal let me talk to you about something on disney plus the thumbnail of this episode is boba fett yeah so i knew going into this episode we were getting the boba fett and this is by the way boba fett in this is designed exactly the same way he is designed in the holiday special sort yeah i actually had to watch this uh, this episode on youtube because uh, my Disney Plus was acting up and I couldn't get couldn't get anything to play when I was trying to watch it. So the Boba Fett was actually a was actually a surprise for me. But um, but anyway, even saying that, e- even having said that, when 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 Size From talked about this bounty hunter he was hiring and, and he was like silhouette, and I'm like, oh, here it is, here it is. And then Boba steps out. I'm like, that's fantastic. Like yeah. the buildup was so cheesy and so fantastic. It only a way droids could do. And like, you know, Boba Fett seems like a real like what does he do? Like again, what does Boba Fett do in Empire and Jedi? Nothing. He does nothing in those movies. But everyone's scared of him. But everybody's scared of him and he he's he made an incredible yeah. threat. But and here, here's another one to tease what says he is next episode. What does IG88 do in the Empire Strikes Back? He literally stands there. Nothing. He literally, the prop of the 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 IGA like prop was literally nailed down to the floor. Yeah. Well, I think that's he. Li- yeah. He literally stands there, and then and then droids introduces him in six and makes him really fucking scary. Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of the power, the power of especially for Boba Fett. It's the power of the unknown. I mean, obviously now we know a lot more about him, but yeah back then you know it's the power of the unknown of this this mysterious yeah. character where you give him this weight you give you know you you give so much mystique and kind of you give this character this character leaves such a wake wherever they wherever they go you know give me a I, second. I think me... i think that's a great a great storytelling tool that kind of doesn't get often i think doesn't get used as much as it as it should nowadays yeah, just because the, the, the mystery stuff yeah. we have so many there's so many tools now in terms yeah. of the the visuals and everything that can be done there's so many tools that at a director and a writer's disposal um but i really like it because it's it's kind of an example of doing more with less absolutely i guess you could say if that um, makes sense. I, I looked by the way at the legend continuity to see exactly how old bobo was supposed to be in this because you know it sounds like he's a full-grown man, but he yeah. is seventeen, supposed to be in Legends continuity. But when when does this take take place in the Legends continuity? This is about 
four years after Revenge of the Sith. Oh, it's earlier than I, for some reason I had, I had gotten it twisted. I thought it was four years before the Battle of Yavin. No, okay. four years okay. post Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Hmm. It's not going that far out of the way of our timeline. I mean, I think this is this is pre-Fallen Order, if we're looking at like timeline-wise. It's post-Bad Batch 2 because we have to stall for that one. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that's the only really out of order thing we're doing is droids. But yeah, um, Boba Boba's just a badass in this episode, and I I really just love seeing him in action, especially now that I like him as a character. Like I didn't with book I, until book I really didn't, or I guess Mando maybe. But yeah, it's just yeah I I just quite I love seeing him in action. What can I say? You, you look at that guy go. Yeah. How about his voice, though? How about his voice? Because this was pre. This was pre Tem. This was pre Tem, but I don't. I, I. I can't remember the entire story, of the, because they then they they did a voiceover in the one of the special editions. Yeah, but that um, was way after this. That was way after this. So this was before any of that had been established. This was before Boba was a clone. This was before yeah. Boba. But we really let's didn't see, know. I, yeah. Let's see. Uh, it was Don place. Franks. It was Don, Don Franks, Franks who so voiced him not... in the holiday special. Okay. And who voiced him in the the original? Original. Was it? A... Oh gosh, what's his name? Jeremy Bullock. It wasn't. No. It was not Jeremy. It was Jason Wingreen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's they right. dubbed over Jason Wingreen's voice. So. Yeah. So, but but Don Franks wasn't trying to sound like Tim because Tim hadn't yeah. gotten the part yet. Exactly. Don, exactly. Don Franks was trying to sound like Jason Wingreen. Yeah, it's just, and he did very well, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, he he did great. I'm just saying, it's 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 so interesting. It's it's kind of funny just to have this completely different interpretation. It's a of completely the different yeah. notion of who Boba Fett is. Oh, and I think the more the more things like this happen, the greater the the story. The more there are different versions of things. The more the more I kind of think of Star Wars less as a franchise and more almost as like kind of a mythology. Not not to be too pretentious about it, but you know you've got no, it different is. versions of stories, freaking us, different people who believe different versions or kind of choose which one that they they like the best. You know, it's it's really interesting how that is how that's taking shape. Something that I've been yeah mulling over absolutely. lately. See what about what else about this episode? Let's see. Well, well, we gotta talk about we gotta start talk about the stuff with BL seventeen. Oh so yeah, we do. For so so for me, and 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 th- I alluded to this in my summary of this. To me, this has really confirmed the idea of, and I've I've seen this like like Lucas has described the bickering of R two and three PO like an old married couple, but this episode seals the deal for me. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> because the jealousy that R two D two gets, and the and the like pretentiousness of three PO of like. Oh, this guy actually like imagine a guy who actually does the work for a droid that actually does the work for his master. Uh, this yeah. this reeks of oh I'm jealous oh oh I I don't think you're doing enough for me so I'm going to try and make you jealous of me. Yeah. And and Every- and sure say it's just friends absolutely say it's just friends go with that if you want to. But we all know it's not. A three three PO is such a petty god. He's such he a petty is, he is in this. so petty in this episode. <laughs> it's it's hilarious, and I mean, yeah. it's such a great. And I, I honestly don't know. To droids' credit, where else in Star Wars do R two D two and C three PO 
get this much time as the primary characters? Do they get to be, you know, people, I guess, or or yeah, or, 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 or sentient like, you know, really yeah. in in beginning of New Hope, in beginning of Jedi. And yeah, that's I mean, really they get it. to have they get to have they get to have feelings in this. And it's really cool to see their relationship, you know. And C-3PO yeah. with, with, you know, he kind of gets kind of, I guess you could say he has this kind of infatuation maybe with with, with BL. Yeah. And then he eventually, you know, has to come back to R2 and they have to they have to make up. It's a sweet yeah. story. Oh, absolutely. Story. And, 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 and I love the and, and, I, lo- and I, I freaking love the idea that, that like, that BL tried to lure C-3PO away from R2 in order to get uh, like like I it's a classic trope, but I quite I quite like how it was used here. Yeah, uh, Proto one. <laughs> Proto one's interesting because we we don't we we think he's just a gruff droid, but he's actually been on the good side all along, which is exactly, a very interesting yeah. twist. I I, th- I like the double entendre of those twists. Yeah, uh, the fact that he is like an old droid. Yeah, but but acts, old doesn't mean bad. Yeah. Yeah, there's also that line. There's also the line that C-3PO says, we droids are often judged by the company we keep. Which is really fantastic. A plus line. Uh, yeah, droids are often judged by the, like, like you know, and, and, and like what they were programmed for, you know? what What is, can droids make decisions? Or is it there, or, they, or are they just programmed to make decisions? Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to think that they can make their own decisions at this point, especially especially I feel like in droids, where in in droids, droids are the most like people than in anything else in Star Wars. I think. Yeah, absolutely. At least so far. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of of some of what we see, but it's 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 fascinating. I'll say that. I don't even yeah yeah no it, it, there, there's some there, there's some great stuff in both of these episodes let's see the, the race the, how about the race the, the race is fantastic i love the race yeah i thought yeah i mean the poor poor tiggy poor tiggy the poor, whole thermal detonator tig. hiring boba fett everything it, it was a it was a great plan and it just didn't work yeah i think yeah the the look all 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 credit to all the voice actors but there was i i think when the thermal detonator came off of when it came off of the so i'm blanking on the names when it came off of george speeder and it and it and it popped on boba fett's windshield and you get that uh a thermal detonator line different that was a that was a voice acting as hard moment to me absolutely um, but i mean i mean i think it just adds to the the I love how this show is kind of whether it's a, a a product of the the era or the you know the young target audience. I love the the campy moments. I think it's just I think it's just great. It really works yeah. well, in absolutely. this context in this show. The, the, this the, these episodes are just this episode specifically is just just fantastic campy fun. Is yeah. is what it comes down to. Yeah, I'm glad. Speaking of Admiral Screed, we were talking about it earlier. I'm glad we finally got a, a tiny look into the Empire, because it seems weird that that we would have gone this far without it. Yeah, 
Absolutely. But but they're here and they're they're present in the galaxy. My thing is, and I don't know where Anu and Buddha and and what's the other planet and Ingo are in the galaxy, but I'd assume the Outer Rim, which is why we don't see the Empire, because you know the further out you go in the galaxy, the less government control, Republic or Empire, you see. You know, speaking of the Empire, you know what else is missing? What? Droids. What? The Force. Oh, absolutely. The Force, the force. is missing. I think it's it's fantastic how, you know, there was so much... It's kind of funny. There was so much fanfare. There was so much fanfare, I remember, when Rogue One came out. Even a little bit for, for Andor, but not not really really for you know, Rogue One. And yeah. some of his other Star Wars projects of, oh, no... Star Wars without the Force, the Everyman Star Wars, Star Wars for the non-believer. Well, actually, it's 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 we it's been like that all along in a lot of ways. We just everyone forgot yeah. about this show, and and also even let, let, let's let's look at Rogue One. Let's look at Rogue One, which which is famous for not having any usage of the Force in that movie, except for except when for Darth, Darth Vader, Vader appears Darth Vader for things. five minutes, and then later in the movie. Minutes. And then, and then later in the movie, he appears for five more minutes using a laser sword or something. I don't know what it was. A lightsaber, I think it was, which is, you know, only the weapon of the Sith. And then let's look at, let's, let's look at Andor, uh, famously not Force-sensitive anything at all, except for, oh, wait, what does Luthen give Cassian before the mission on, on Aldani as a payment? It's a kyber crystal. And droids, droids doesn't have any of the force except for what does Thal find in the speeder in the first episode? A lightsaber. A lightsaber. Yeah, but I think Nothing in many ways in Star Wars is truly free from the force. Yeah, yeah, I think I think, but in many ways, I think the droids and droids and Rogue One and especially Andor, they all kind of accomplish their their mission at least i think it felt like a clear goal of their show at least for andor of really making the force and the jedi and the sith seem incredibly distant and almost irrelevant to the story and to the reality of the character uh, that the characters are living there's a fantastic which word i think is fantastic put in there there's a fantastic word that you put in there that i really appreciate which is almost yeah almost irrelevant they're still there Still I, there, I just, like... I guess I'm, I'm just peeves. I, I, I see some people. And I'm not saying you. I'm, I, this, this, this is not about you. This is, just, I, I've just seen some people online talking about like, oh, I want Star Wars without the Force. You can't have Star Wars without the Force. Yeah. You can have Star Wars distant from the Force, and this is, this, this, this does it. But having Star Wars without the Force is, is removing Star Wars from a major key element of it, and you just yeah. can't do that. You can have it be. And I don't want to sound too preachy or anything. I just like, you know. The Force is what gives a Jedi his power is said 30 minutes into the first movie. And when I hear people talking about, oh, we don't, we want Star Wars, but without the Force, it sometimes sounds to me like, oh, we want Star Wars, just not in a Star Wars way. Yeah, I think that, I think that when people, when people say that, or when that is kind of purported as something to be super yeah, important or, or, revolutionary i think it, it's a bit of a miss i think it's a bit of a misconception or maybe an oversimplification because i think there is something to be said for star wars stories that kind of center 
focus on characters who don't know anything about the force you know like yeah like we have so much so much star wars that's really really intimately detailed with the jedi and the sith and then you know it's really interesting with that with that all being established you know see a show like andor where honestly after watching after watching and or after being put in that universe any of those most of those characters maybe mon with the exception of maybe mon mothma would would like laugh at you if you told them that the empire was like actually being controlled by this like wizard who sits around in a black bathroom all day you know yeah uh, or like, like you know the bad batch which doesn't have anything from the force in it yeah. except for oh wait it may oh wait gunji Gunji, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I guess what I'm really saying, and I, and, and, and I'm being kind of pedantic about it. I understand that, but Star Wars without the Force isn't Star Wars. How much it has the Force is absolutely up to the creator, but without the Force, like, 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 it, it's not that it wouldn't be good. I think it could be good. It's just that I'm not sure how well it would fit within the universe. Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of, it ties back to, I think in a similar, in a similar vein to kind of this idea that I think a lot of people implicitly have, at least to some extent, where there, there's kind of this assumption that, oh, if something is really dark and and, and gritty, then it automatically makes it like, great Good. fantastic storytelling yeah i think there's a similar thing where oh if something's automatically centered around the force or the or the jedi or or the sith then it automatically kind of becomes more you know maybe a little more childish maybe a little more more corny you know less mature less well, i will say this actually this... storytelling trademark trademark yeah. and storytelling type of thing I, th I think there might be i i've noticed kind of kind of an inverse those two ideas seem to be a little bit of the the inverse of each other at times. And I think it's good I, to push back against that because there's there's nothing that yeah. says that either of those things yeah. have to be I've true. actually seen a bit of an opposite of a dynamic that you've seen, which is really? I've seen people who like Star Wars for being as non-Star Wars as possible. That's kind of what I that's kind of what I mean, I guess, a little bit. In the in the Or I I not about like the force being childish, because the force, you know, obviously. I, I think these people know that the force isn't childish, but like it's not on the grounds that the force is childish, but the force is just like that you that you can't tell an original story with the force anymore, which you absolutely can. Yeah, and they do it all the time. Yeah, it, the, the the only way to do something truly interesting and original and new is to not have the force in it, which I just think is bullshit. But anyway, regards of that, anything else for this? Um, actually, anything else for this episode before I bring up the final thing? Some pretty great, pretty great, pretty great names. Zebulon Dak. I was gonna mention Beer Zebulon Dak. Okay, go away. Go ahead then. Go ahead. Zebulon Dak. Well, I was gonna talk about the choice they made at the end of this episode. Go for it. Abandon their friends, so they could so they can get that good gig with Zebulon Dak. We never actually get to see. That is such. I, I I'm I'm like is, I remember specifically when I watched that. I'm like, is droids gonna make me cry? I'm like, this is surprisingly heartfelt. Yeah, I think it's a good yes. It was a this. sacrifice, R two, but that's what friends are for. I'm like, 
damn, that's actually pretty meaningful. Like that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Red eighties cartoon. Yeah, C three PO is dropping. C three PO is dropping the heat with his quotes in these Absolutely. in these episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I w- I was astonished with yeah. I thought it was um, an interesting move. I think it keeps obviously it kind of keeps the story moving forward so they can get to different you know different plots yeah absolutely. in the season um and i was wondering how they were going to do that but i never expected th- for this to be a voluntary choice in the first arc yeah yeah i, I agree actually i i didn't yeah it was a it was a i don't know exactly what my thoughts are but it definitely wasn't the choice i was expecting to end it all yeah absolutely think if if you don't have anything else i think that's going to be it for this episode of star wars in a galaxy watching all the star wars we can get our hands on thank you for listening to this episode next week we're going to be covering the first half of the tamuzan arc which is called the lost prince and the new king are the name are the names of the two episodes if i'm not incorrect yeah lost prince and the new king until then you can listen to us on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, where you listen to your podcast we will be there follow us at in the galaxy pod on twitter at star wars in the galaxy on instagram my personal account ochefan327 on twitter and what was i gonna say and subscribe to our youtube channel star wars and galaxy we just recorded epic confrontations 10 jared versus bill earlier today that's gonna be coming out very soon hope everybody's excited for that it's a very fun match had a lot of fun. Jacob finally returns to the desk for Epic Confrontations, which we're all very excited about. And I think that's it. And until next time, may the force be with you. Always.